0: Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH 2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily.
1: This holiday season, we've picked the brain of Brookline booksmith's bookmaven, Lisa Gojasti, to talk about some books that won't be on the bestseller lists but they could become part of your best-loved reads this year.
2: Lisa starts with some great fiction finds. There's The Gathering by Anne Enright. It's a beautiful, beautiful portrait of a large Irish family moving through a terrible, unexpected loss. There's a lot of anger and just raw power in the book. From a female perspective, it's rare that you get a female voice that's containing such crystalline anger, but so poetically. There is Divisidero by Michael Ondaatje. It came out in May. It's a beautiful, very poetic, and deeply moving book about what it means to be human, essentially. So I, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, and thirdly, is a book that just came out, so you probably don't know anything about this. I didn't until two days ago. Um, the Welsh Girl by Peter Ho Davies. Um, this is a, a story about a, a young woman who has aspirations, great aspirations for sort of leaving the rural area of her her forefathers and making a way in England. Um, and she falls in love with a German POW. So for the nonfiction fan in your audience, I recommend the Discovery of France. It is a very quirky little book um, by Graham, Rob, about sort of how France was made. And what is so amazing about the book is that it could be anywhere. It could be how Massachusetts is made. It could be how, you know, Russia is made. And it sort of breaks apart our way of looking for narrow definitions of people or places. And my next book is The Whispers*, which again, um, by Orlando Figes, which like Rob's book, Looks at things in a completely unusual way. In this book, he's looking at um, the lives of ordinary Soviets during Stalin's many years in power. It's amazing oral history that you'll never get anywhere else. Uh, this is 1695. My absolutely number one favorite gift book this year is called 30,000 Years of Art. You can see, you know, what the Native Americans were doing at the same time as the Chinese, etc., and it just shows you the pageantry of, of, of human creativity. Um, for example you can look at a wood carving that's sort of very primitive from New Zealand and then compare that to like an unbelievably ornate tapestry from from Turkey. It's just it's just gorgeous. It's it's only fifty dollars and it's like the treasure of the world at your hands. My two top number one most favorite books for kids this year are The Lost Thing by Sean Tan. He's an Australian writer, not well known here, but his illustrations are amazing, full of humor and wit. And my all-time favorite is Blue Moo, Sandra Moynton's new book, which comes with a CD which you will listen to over and over and over again. I listen to it at home while I'm cooking. I listen to it when my son is, you know, at violin practice. There's the rabbit tango, which is just amazing. My son wants to learn how to do the tango because we're listening to this. And it's, the words are just hilarious. If there's a rabbit, then you should nub it, and it goes along. It's just, it's just outrageously fun, and we love it.
1: All right, those were those, books, And now with me are novelist Julia Glass, author of The Whole World Over, novelist Tom Parada, author of The Abstinence Teacher, and novelist Claire Cook, author of Must Love Dogs. Welcome to all, and we've got a great selection of children's and fiction and nonfiction, and we're gonna start with you, Julia.
0: Well, I couldn't possibly have a holiday book list without at least one book for the youngest readers, or I should say the youngest book lovers, since this is a wonderful picture book called Zoology by Joelle Jolivet that it's it's just it's a splendid wow. book with beautiful graphics and it categorizes animals by whether they live in the jungle or underwater or, or they're black and white or large and small. And it's been a perpetual uh favorite of ours in my household since my youngest son was three till well, he's seven now and he still he still loves it oh, and we give nice. it as gifts frequently and the scale of it is it's a beautiful book to share on it's the floor too. or in the lap <laughs> Yes, this one we've had for I think four years now. Oh. And then I'll get to some more grown-up books. I have to say that I think one of the nicest holiday gifts I feel I've gotten this year is that two of my favorite contemporary novelists came out with novels just recently. And the first one that I'll mention is, it's by Peter Cameron. Fabulous novelist that I think is not read enough. It's called Someday This Pain Will Be Useful To You, which believe (laughs) it or not is a quote from Ovid. Interestingly, it's being marketed as a young adult book. And what it really is is it's the 21st century catcher in the rye. Hmm. It's about a young man named James Speck who lives in New York City. And he's in that summer between high school and college when it really brought back for me the agony of wanting to skip all the hard stuff before growing up. Hmm. And he's decided he doesn't want to go to college but wants to buy a house in the Midwest and read Trollope. And it's about how he is... Disillusioned from that, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's very moving, and I'd say it's not just a great book for smart teenagers, but for grownups too. I, right. I really love this book, and this is the latest novel by Stuart O'Nan, and it's called Last Night at the Lobster, and it's a small novel, but it takes place in one day at a Red Lobster restaurant, one of those chain restaurants mm-hmm. in a mall that is closing that day. And it's all about the life of the manager, Manny. And I think that's a wonderful character name for an everyman. And it's really a love story. It's a love story about a man and his work. Hmm. This man has loved being the manager of this store. His employees are like a family to him. He's also thinking back on a love affair he had with one of the waitresses. Um, it's, a, it's just a gorgeous, poignant story about a very ordinary life in a very ordinary place. Right. Very New England book as yep, well. Sounds good. Takes place in Connecticut, and this is just an all-time favorite of mine. It's it's a novel called *Eva Moves the Furniture* by Margot Livesey, and it's I've given it to many book clubs who've raved about mm-hmm. it. Also to friends. It's a novel that's part fairy tale, part ghost story, and part World War II novel. It's about a young woman growing up in Great Britain during the war years who has lost her mother at birth and about the presence that her mother has in her life as she grows up. It's her entire life. It's, it's also a very unusual book about mother-daughter relationships. Mm-hmm. And it, it's also available in paperback because okay. it's been out for a few right. years. And the last novel, it's actually not a novel, the last book that I've brought, I have to confess I'm not, I don't read a lot of nonfiction. <laughs> but I, this one has really moved me. This is a book called Soldier's Heart, Reading Literature Through Peace and War at West Point by Elizabeth D. Samet. Now this is going to sound a little corny, but I think during the holidays it's important to be mindful that we're, that yeah. we're a country at war. And what this book is, is this woman's m- memoir about teaching English to young cadets at West Point from 1997 until the present. In other words, in years that we were at peace, and years that we're at war. And it's it's extremely moving, okay. and it's very unsentimental. There's a lot of very intelligent reflection about the relationship between okay. art and war, between the imagination and courage, and um, and it also has reinvigorated
1: my interest in a lot of classics, <laughs> okay. like the Iliad. All right, Julia, thank you for those. And You're um, right. Tom, what do you got?
3: What do I? Got? I got a lot of nonfiction this year. Yeah, um, that's, that's I want to start. Love Atul Tulga uh, Yes, with the marvelous Atul Wandi, who is. Um, great writer who also happens to be a practicing surgeon. And in his book, Better, um, he really looks at the entire medical profession um, in a wide-ranging way. He talks about things as humble as uh, how hospitals try to get doctors to wash their hands more, to reduce infections, mm-hmm. to you know, dramatic advances in battlefield medicine that have allowed so many grievously wounded people in Iraq to uh, Survive and come home. Um, it, it's just a really compassionate, human, and smart look at the entire medical profession. Okay. So, really, a wonderful book. Um, next, I have um, *Imperial Life in the Emerald City* by Rajiv Chandrasekaran, um, who's a Washington Post journalist who basically writes about the Green Zone in Iraq and this kind of artificial mm-hmm. island of American power in the midst of Baghdad. And it is both a kind of really damning look at how things went wrong in terms of, say, the uh, dismantling of the Iraqi army and debathification, but also just really personal look at the lives of Americans who went over there and found themselves trying to impose order on this place that was utterly foreign to them. I think the single best mm-hmm. book about what went wrong in Iraq, okay. and I've read a whole bunch. Um, next, uh, a really funny book about a serious subject.
1: <laughs> yeah, I came into the office. We, we <laughs> took a pass on it.
3: <laughs> it's called The Year of Living Biblically by A.J. Jacob. and, and it, <laughs> Jacob's. And it's a kind of a, an experiment. Basically, a guy who's not religious reads the entire Bible, calls from it a list of about 700 rules that are in the Bible, some of which are, you know, don't lie, don't kill, uh, pray, uh, things that, that we obviously think of in terms of everyday religion, others of which we think of as ancient prejudice, like throw stones at adulterers and he tries to the best of his ability <laughs> to integrate <laughs> these rules into his daily life and it's, it's very funny on it the one funny, hand yeah. but really a kind of at times a very thoughtful meditation on right. what it means to be religious what it means to have religion as a practice in your life in right. your life um, I have one novel right. I, I don't right. have it For in the, my hand i got to get to okay. oh, oh you do have it All right. I, I don't have it here oh. but, but it, it's a Be Near Me by Andrew O'Hagan That's a wonderful. Right. really wonderful quiet novel Uh, about a kind of inflammatory subject, a priest who uh, is uh, caught in a scandal. All right, gotta get clear.
4: Okay, that's okay. Um, I picked uh, "Run" by Ann Patchett, partly because it looks like it's already wrapped, which I think is is great. It looks like that foil paper. (laughs) But she's a fabulous, fabulous um, author, and this is set in Boston, which she's from Nashville, so they're not normally. And um, it has um, it's essentially about family, but there's politics and religion and um, you know privilege and poverty and love. And um, I think I know you're not a big novel reader, but I think. You might like this. I read one the reviews life.
1: on that one. It was kind of meant
4: Wow. Reviews,
1: please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't have reviewers this year. Yeah, Are we, we going to the go reviewers. there? No. <laughs>
4: um, Breakfast with Buddha, Rowan um, Marullo, who's a who's a Massachusetts um, author. Um, I just think so many of us are searching for meaning in this crazy holiday time with, with, you know, so much stuff and commercialism. And so this is just a fun take on that. It's a great road trip novel, but it also um, is, there's a lot of searching, you know, searching for meaning in it. And it's really funny and inventive. And um, I don't know if you'd like it, but it's a really good novel. (laughs) No, by me. (laughs) But, other people might um, this one, manless in Montclair, um, I picked oh, because, yeah, that's cute. yeah, I picked it, um, it was sent to me to blurb, and I liked it enough to do that and it um, a woman doesn 't start off so yeah. funny, but a woman walks h- comes home one day, and her husband 's dead, but eventually she heals a little, and her youngest daughter asks her to find her a new daddy for hanukkah and um, great tips in here if anyone out there is single and looking so <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, the last pick. Um, I just wanted to find a traditional Christmas book for people who, who yeah. um, celebrate that, and Caroline Kennedy yeah, pulled together a great collection. Your, um, uh, so this is Christmas. John and Yoko yeah. is in here. Um, great, I tr- Yeah, that. I know. I, th- I heard you say that the <laughs> other night. Great. Um, uh, oh, Truman Capote essay that'll make you cry. Some just essays by everybody and poems and um, great little bookmark in here too, which I thought was a nice yes. little added thing. And um, and also, I think the funniest thing was the Macy's instructions for holidays for Santa Claus is how they have to behave, like no sudden movements, careful how you pick up the kids. Right. And it was just any gift for
1: anybody who just goes into a bookstore cold, you know, and starts looking around. Ask
4: the people working there. Yes, absolutely. They they really have. They know. We 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 love going to the booksmith. Booksellers booksellers are great. Yeah, and there's so many great independent booksellers around here with people who just know their stuff. All right, this is a
1: popular show, and everybody loves your book selections. I know we'll be getting lots of hits on our website. So Claire Cook, Tom Parada, Julia Glass, thank you so much. And as I said, you you. can find our list of holiday books and movies on our website at greaterboston.org.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.